Hello and welcome to another There Are Giants podcast. I'm your host, Roger Munter, and uh, spring has sprung. Games are being played. We got prospects uh, performing all over the place. Uh, so to give us a firsthand view of what's going on in Giants camp, I have with me today NBC Sports Bay Area's Alex Pavlovich. Uh, Alex, how are you doing? How is, uh, how's being a new dad and, and a beat writer at the same time going for you? Um, it's it's uh, a lot. I've, this is the second... <laughs> Second interview I've done today where I've actually had him. He's actually asleep on my shoulder right now. So uh, I is, hope he lasts uh, however long we go. It is very lovely. I, I You timed things just perfectly this this winter. How was did you enjoy being kind of checked out and having something else to focus on for the for the offseason? Yeah, it was funny because I actually probably spent more time on Twitter slash X than even before because you're just always kind of on the couch with your kid. Um, but it, it was it was nice. And he actually, he came a couple weeks early. And when I got my return date, um, it, it was great. We got four months off and the return date happened to be the day before pitchers and catchers report. So I, I it was very funny timing for him. The, the exact day he showed up. It's that was yeah almost perfect for you. Just get out and come back fresh, start a new. Yep. I mean, there are a few guys on the team that have, have little kids too. Does this give you like a bonding yeah. experience like Bailey and Ryan Walker? There are a few guys with youngsters. Yeah, for sure. And it was, you know, Patrick Bailey, I, I talked to him the last day of the season and um, he's like, what do you got going on in the off season? I'm like, well, I have a kid coming in like <laughs> three, four weeks. And he actually day one of camp is going to take BP and he runs over and he goes, hey, how's uh, how's your son doing? So it was that was nice. And there's been some other guys. Conforto has a new one. Robbie Ray has a new one. So, yeah, um, it, there's some guys. Yeah, just a lot of guys around the team with babies. So it definitely is like changes your your day one conversations with some guys i remember when i talked to bailey um the first week of the season last year and he was he was all excited because they had kind of situated his family so they were close to richmond yeah. so he could come up every and then he was gone like two weeks later. <laughs> yeah like, yeah i think uh i think his wife and daughter are with him a lot so it's it's good that he's he's going to be settled into san francisco this year well let's let's uh talk giants camp um a lot has changed this year. Um, I guess, you know, for years we've been used to these long lists of, you know, veteran minor league signings who are the NRI guys. All the NRI guys this year are are, are prospects. They're all young. Is this got to be the youngest kind of camp you've covered, is it? I think by far. I, I would just – this to me must be the youngest camp they've ever had since they've been doing, like, this version of spring training. I mean, it's – there's always at least, like, a Gerardo Parra – you know who's in as a non-roster invitee, and a couple of couple of guys like Alex Wood, and you know um, older veterans. It's it's such a young group, and uh, one of the team employees sent me the NRI list a couple of days before they released it, and went, "Look at the service time!" And it's like, <laughs> I think Tyler Fitzgerald is about in the middle of the entire yeah. the entire camp list. If you take like sixty, whatever, they're sixty seven or sixty eight now. He's right like in the middle in terms of service time. And he was up for like two weeks. So it, there's so many guys in camp who have never been in the big leagues. And it, it also last year they had him in two clubhouses and this year it's all in one. So it's just a, a much different vibe. I mean, you've got you know, first you've got the youth. You've got, um, you know, young Hu Lee coming in with his excitement. Uh, and even like Jorge Soler, which gives you a little a little more flavor and Pablo's back. And you've got a new older coaching staff uh there's yeah. a lot of change going on what are the what are the vibes like uh in in early camp i think it's more serious a little bit with the coaching staff than it 
you know, they're Matt Williams is is certainly a serious individual. I think <laughs> um, Melvin's a little bit more like Bochi uh, than well, a lot more like Bochi than Gabe Kapler is. Um, but I, it, it is. I, I've said this a few times. I was just on uh, the Walk Up Pod too, and he was he was asking me about this and. I think it's just a really fun group. I don't know how good they're going to be. I, I don't know what it'll lead to. You know, there's some obvious questions about the pitching at this point, but it, it is like a really good group. And I saw you tweet this the other day, I think about Fitzgerald and yeah. somebody Mungia. else. Mungia. Yeah. And there's just a lot of guys like that where you're like, this is like a really nice guy. So yeah. Um, yeah. I, you know, who knows what it'll lead to, but I, I really enjoyed getting to know Wiz and Hunt and Black and um, some of the other guys who were in camp for the first time. Yeah, there's a long list of people I could have tweeted that about. I mean, Mason Black yeah. is is just about the friendliest guy you could ever meet. Yeah, and there are a lot of really yeah. solid guys. Well, you know, we'll get to the concerns a little bit, but let's start out with the with the the positive stuff. There's a lot of young pitching in camp. Um, you talked to Patrick Bailey for for people who want to hear uh, that interview on on your Giants talk uh, this week. You talk to Melvin every day. Who are the guys who are kind of popping, uh, who are standing out so far early in camp? You know, Hayden Birdsong stood out to me just because he hit ninety eight in his first <laughs> first appearance of the spring, and I asked him the next day, and he goes, "That's tied for my best." Like it's, I think it was the second time in his life he's seen ninety eight on the radar gun, and it's like an easy ninety eight and. Tom Murphy had a great comparison to uh, Logan Gilbert. Is that his name? We don't see the Mariners ever. So Logan Gilbert, yeah, <laughs> yeah. With the that was the guy with the Mariners, like kind of a, a ton of extension, and you know, so that was that was I, I thought interesting. And I know Giants people have always kind of thought he was pretty under the radar. Oh, uh, and then you know, just the excitement from people who are seeing Wizen Hunt for the first time and. He set back a little bit, but he he hit his finger during uh during drills. But him getting back in the bullpen and and Melvin's excitement to see him and just see the changeup in person. Um, so I, I think those are are two guys. But really, I mean, uh, you see that whole group. I never met Carson Seymour before. Um, yeah, all of them. I keep joking, like and and some Cobb has said this, Webb has said this. Like it's just a bunch of guys who are like between six three and six five. <laughs> And have big fastballs, and you know, are working on some variation of sweeper or cutter or, or whatever. And then there's somebody like Roop with that curveball. So it's a really interesting group of prospects. And I just know from talking to the front office, like they really, really, really like this group and think there's a lot of talent coming. And uh, I think this season is going to be not 100%, but pretty close to 100% decided by not just those guys, but Kyle and, and Tristan Beck and. Keaton win and how much they get out of this collection of, you know, eight to 10 young pitchers. <clears throat> yes. Seymour, by the way, will not admit that any, any of the other guys are bigger than him. He, he, he is, has to be the big biggest guy, guy around. Yeah. He, is a, he is a big guy. Uh, also his girlfriend's father uh, is the original Ted Lasso. So that's always oh. a fun thing to talk with him about. Uh, but Birdsong is such a fascinating story. Cause I mean, I have, friends who are like deep in the weeds of college scouting and i remember the day he was picked they're like don't know don't know who this guy is um yeah he was not very good in college he didn't throw this hard in college he didn't start in college and then suddenly got into pro ball and just everything happened for him so uh it's really i know like, you've been around papago a little bit like you stand around papago and you ask people and they're like bird songs like a guy yeah so 
it's they really like him. They were like that last year too, and and then, yeah. man, man, they were right. I I've been really excited uh, or happy to hear you kind of getting on the. Did everybody forget that Kyle Harrison is like the best <laughs> pitching prospect in baseball uh, wagon? Because it does seem that way a little bit. It's like the sum, the excitement, and then the excitement goes away, and it's like, yeah, this guy's still really, really exciting. Yeah. Um, one of the things that always impresses you about Kyle when you meet him in person is just his physicality uh and i know he he put in a hard uh winner's work with uh with logan webb uh how is he looking uh just physically how's his stuff looking uh it was pretty exciting what we saw from him the other day yeah he looks good i you know the scoreboard there had him 92 94 i think from what i've heard it was actually a little light like it was the scoreboard gun was was off maybe a tick or two so his fastball was fine um i heard he was 96 in january in bullpen sessions so yeah, you mentioned the physicality, and I that was one thing, just kind of being on the couch and scrolling Twitter, and, you know, they have this new, new 4U tab that opens all the time when you think you're trying right, to right. see the people you follow, but, and I'd see all these tweets from people just like, are the Giants really going to go, people I don't follow, people I don't know that well, the Giants are really going to go with this rotation, and they'd have Kyle, like, this is back when they had Stripling, and um, they'd have Kyle, like, fourth in the rotation, I'm kind of like, he's their number two starter if he, if all goes according to plan and I, they've set him up that way. And um, I just think like, this is the best left-handed pitcher pitching prospect in baseball. Like it's, you know, the prospect people don't always love giants prospects, but he's pretty much a consensus best lefty prospect. Um, he's a top 20 guy. He's been that way for two years. Um, and I, I think for me, like I know there were ups and downs last year, but what he did against the Reds in his home debut and what he did against the Dodgers in his last start of the year, like that shows you what he's capable of. And I, I don't know where he ends up this year because it's he's young. He's it's his first full season. We you know, maybe he'll run out of gas at the end of the year. Maybe maybe the adjustment will just be a lot, but he kind of has everything you would want in in a guy the Giants are counting on. And I think a lot of people maybe haven't haven't fully folded that part into it when they go like, what can you do until Robbie Ray gets back? Well, Kyle is likely going to start the number two game of the season and they're counting on him to be following Logan Webb the whole year. So, and I I think everybody you talk to, whether it's Logan, whether it's people who worked out with him in the off season, he just kind of did all the right things in the off season to put himself in position. And, you know, being around him and getting to know him a little bit, like, I don't know what what's gonna what's gonna lead to problems this year. I I really like he has the right demeanor, he has the right attitude, he has the stuff. He's physically doing great right now, so um, I, I think it's gonna be a big year for him. I'm, I'm pretty strongly like staking my claim to. I think I've said that over and over again. I did this last year with Patty Bailey, but um, I just think he's in for a huge year. Yeah, I mean, I I would I don't know what the odds are saying, but I would have to put him somewhere in the rookie of the year you know, bucket, you know, one of those guys, he'd say this could be a, a person who's has that kind of year. We'll see what a rookie year goes like. You never know. You know, there is the question though, of they really have spent the winter, you know, kicking the training wheels off the trike as far as his pitching staff goes. And they are in a position where they're going to have to cover a ton of innings with unexperienced guys. And, and not surprisingly, we've had a few uh, injuries uh, already in camp. Uh, you broke one today with Tristan Beck going back to San Francisco. Um, what is what is the kind of health situation with with Beck and Wynn at this point? And what's, 
what happens uh, if if one or two of these guys, you know, isn't ready to start the year? Yeah, Wynn should be okay. He he thinks he can get up to around seventy pitches by the end of camp, and you know we know how the start of the season is. You're you're not being asked to throw a hundred anyway, so yeah. Even if he's in like the sixty range, I think they'd be okay throwing him out there as their number four guy. Um, and they pretty strongly like Melvin. We're dancing around the rotation questions early in camp, and like he's pretty strongly like no Keaton Wynn like is very well thought of in this organization, and and, and that was made clear to me when I got here and. He's in my rotation. So yeah. um, I, I think he'll be okay. It is, you know, it's a couple elbow things now in a year. They're two different elbow things. So you you do worry about that a little bit. But, it, you know, every pitcher, you worry about that. The Beck thing, I haven't seen any more information on that. It is concerning that he's coming back to San Francisco to to see. A, I know they have a hand specialist here um, who I guess had left camp. So not great and and that was somebody who's going to be their number five starter and it, it is like i do really like the idea of them leaning on the young pitchers but you kind of wish they had like one more guy where where beck was maybe in the role sean jelly's gonna have to start the right. year so you you just have that extra line of defense because it is getting pretty thin and you're like you know one oblique strain from somebody else away from like uh, probably going back to bullpen games or <laughs> We're throwing somebody out there who's maybe not ready for it. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's, I know there was a, I, I, somebody wrote an article about uh, Melvin's 2012 A's team that, that ended the year with all rookies in their rotation, yeah. but, but they didn't begin that year with all rookies yeah. in the rotation. They yeah. got that way over the course of the year. Uh, yeah. So we'll, we'll see how that turns out, whether it's jelly or bullpenning or, you know, Kai Tang, who's, uh, uh, behind a little bit too, or or Mason Black. I mean, all these guys have talent. It's just unnerving to see the amount of innings that they're going to have to cover uh, somehow or another on this team. I want to ask you about a guy who isn't quite a prospect, but sort of is. But I I haven't really said much about him because I just uh, I I don't have a lot of knowledge of him, and that's Young Hoo Lee. Well, I know he's driving a lot of excitement in camp. Um, got a, into his first game today and immediately slapped a single. Uh, <laughs> What has it been like being around him? Uh, what kind of what kind of vibe is this guy bringing to the team? And and how, what kind of player? How does he look? Very cheerful. Um, very, you know, he's Wilmer was on our podcast last week and said he actually speaks a little bit of Spanish too, and he yeah. understands English fully. So he's he's getting comfortable right now. But the first thing you notice is day one there were fifteen reporters slash cameramen slash you know social media people from South Korea, which is just I don't know what it'll be like during the season. I imagine in San Diego the first weekend with Hassan Kim being there, um, it's going to be a little insane. But you know, you you get a sense of like what kind of star he is back home, and and that's yeah. that's what the Giants have added here. I think they're you know I, I've joked with some people that like you're adding a lot to the press box, and like great, like this is you know this is what we need. So from an excitement standpoint, I think it's there. And then you know, haven't seen a whole lot of him. Um, it's hard with BP with somebody like that because he's he's a gap to gap guy. So batting practice, he's just going to look phenomenal, right? Like he's just right. going to barrel up every 80, 80 mile per hour pitch. But I do think the one thing that you know I've I've asked Bob a lot is about the adjustment that Hassan Kim had to make, and he's been pretty clear that the problem with Kim was just that they didn't play him his first year, and and he came in and he's like, this guy's my best shortstop, especially with Tatis being hurt. And he took off the last two years and has become really one of the 
probably more underrated players in the National League. So mm-hmm. with Lee, I, I, there's a real commitment to just be like, you're going to be our leadoff hitter on opening day and let's go with it. You're talented. And I think his game probably should translate pretty well. I mean, he's not he's not being asked to hit 30 home runs. He's being asked to maybe hit 300 and be your leadoff hitter. And um, I think he can do that over time. It, it's just a really easy swing and uh, simple approach, and, and it should translate. I talked to some Giants Pro Scouts uh, in the fall who had been to see him, and and um, I, I did get the sense at that time that they were pretty high on him. And one one thing that sticks out about his history is he skipped minor leagues, the Korean minor leagues, and went as a teenager essentially out of high school straight into the KBO. And I think that always translates. If you can like go up yeah. in age, uh, that's always going to say something about your ability to adjust uh, in other places. They're very high on him, but like, I mean, obviously from the contract, but this was like, they had three guys at the top of their board, Otani, Yamamoto, and Lee. So th- this will be a pretty interesting evaluation of, of, of them as well. Cause it, they're pretty sure he's, he's their leadoff hitter and center fielder. So, uh, and, and obviously gave him that money as opposed to, you know, somebody like Bellinger. So um, yeah, they're very, very high on him. So the other place besides the pitching staff where things, um are are interesting and thin is the the shortstop situation um yeah. obviously they they brought Nick Ahmed in to, to to have a veteran presence um but they are putting a lot of chips on 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 Lucy's uh stack yeah. and and uh hopefully he gets out on the field and has himself a good camp what do you make of their approach to uh that situation yeah i've said this a couple other places as well i kind of think they had to do it i i just don't know like you know you could go out and, and trade for a stopgap but like whether it's luciano or whether it's fitzgerald or casey's been doing a lot of work there this spring like these guys are ready for their shot in the big leagues and it may not be the best thing to win games in april or may but uh you can make the argument for having Luciano down in the minors a little bit longer, certainly, but like, I think Fitzgerald's ready for, for a real shot to be a big leaguer. And um, I, I think Schmidt is as well. And and they feel pretty confident that Luciano is. So even with the lack of time kind of at the upper levels. So I, I think these guys are ready. And I, I just don't know, like short of like Correa or somebody like, I, I, I don't think I would, a lot of these guys who have come off the board, like, even like the Kike Hernandez stuff, even like get him some depth. I'm like, what does that do? Like, I'd rather just right. throw Fitzgerald out there. And I know Farhan has said sink or swim with some of these guys, and it's a risk. But you know, for the future of this organization, they need to figure out who these guys are and figure out how many of these guys is Luciano your shortstop, right. or is he your third baseman, or is he your right fielder, or whatever. Like, you're not going to find out if you don't play him. So I, I think there's an element of that and. You know, there's there's enough other guys, whether it's Nick Ahmed, whether it's Otto Lopez, um, kind of hanging around that if it, it goes really poorly, they probably have some help or maybe can trade for, you know, we, you know, they'll make some minor addition and that guy will end up playing a little bit. But I, I think with those three, like I would certainly give those guys a shot first. And I, I've really liked what I've seen um, from Fitzgerald in particular going back to last year. And and uh, I think, he you know, they deserve a chance. So. Yeah. And Fitzgerald's, I mean, 26. I mean, now is kind of the time for him. Yeah. I mean, um, it's. You're going to throw him back in AAA? Like it's yeah. after what we did last year. So uh, I think it's time for these guys. 
Yeah, I mean, Kerry Crowley, who I've been talking with uh, on on the pod but lately, he said Nick Ahmed is here to push Fitzgerald and then get DFA'd at the end of camp or or outrighted to to AAA so that Fitzgerald can have somebody to compete with and win. Yeah. You know, I you know people ask the Crawford question, but Crawford, if he's on your team, is your backup shortstop, yeah. and he's your, or if he's on the roster, and you know, and, and possibly your starting shortstop if it starts poorly for Luciano. Ahmed is here, yeah. Kerry made the right point. The interesting thing about Luciano is you you, you, you kind of see, um, some of the change in in the organizational philosophy. Uh, since Zaidi's been here, because when you know 2020, when when people were clamoring for Joey Bart, they said, "Yeah, we like to see these guys get 500 plate appearance and upper minors. We'd like to keep them down there or or get some more experience." Um, you know, Bailey didn't get that. You know, Matos didn't get that. Luciano's yeah. got two weeks in AAA, and and it's now time to see what he's got. Yeah, I mean, and that's why I said this on my podcast. It's a little bit of like a. Not like a full rebuild, but a semi-rebuild, just in that they need to figure out who's part of who's part of the future here. And a lot of these guys are at the point where you there's just not much use in a in like having them play much more in like double A. Just see if they can if they can hit big league pitching and see what position they are. In Marco's case, see if he's a shortstop. So last year when when you were on here with me, I I, I said, you know, if you're the Giants, so you rather go to the playoffs or would you rather develop some of the young guys uh and we talked to him and we said we'd always rather win uh yeah. they kind of didn't fully do either of those last yeah. year this year they're going to try and do both and i guess the real question is can you do that can you have a full youth movement and try and go to the playoffs at the same time that's sort of the question hovering over this team for me yeah i think you know one thing that i think plays into this a lot is just the new wild card rules and and frankly, I, I bet the Giants are looking around at kind of the general mediocrity with some of the National League. Like, you know, you you know, I'm a big, really saw the Diamondbacks thing coming, but like, there's not a whole lot out there. You look at the Diamondbacks, the Padres; these teams like have their flaws. Yeah, and and you look around the rest of the the rest of the league, like none of these teams in. The, the central like the brewers got a little bit worse cubs are who knows a little better maybe worse cardinals who knows like I, uh, reds are young and could be great or could be terrible like it's just i think there's a lot of teams and you see the projections a lot of teams are in that kind of 80 to 83 84 right range and so if you're the giants right now you probably they can't say this publicly it won't sell any tickets but probably feel like you can hang around the race until alex cobb and and robbie ray come back and if you really are in a position to go for it, you know, maybe a couple of these guys are better trade chips in July and, and you can do that. But I, it's a little bit of a reverse where usually you try to go for it early and, mm-hmm. and then bring the young guys up late. And I think this year they're trying to lean on the young guys, knowing that there is some help on the way in the second half. Well, so let me repeat the question, you know, pushing forward to this year, if we get to November and Kyle Harrison's established himself as a, as a, strong rotation guy keaton wins had a solid year uh marco luciano's got over the learning curve you know they can point to those wins lee has has translated to america uh but they win 78 games again what are the do they say we made the steps we wanted to make um probably uh you know bob melvin i don't think would be happy with that 
but and and I think certainly that the pressure on Farhan is not to develop as much. It is to develop, but there's also pressure to win games and get back to the postseason because they just haven't done that. So I think they'd be disappointed by that. But uh, you know they're they're putting a lot of chips on these guys being able to do that and also get them to 84, 85, 86, whatever. So if they're still at 78 at the end of the year, then, and some of those guys are established, you probably made some pretty big mistakes elsewhere. And and so it still won't be a great look for them. I mean, it, it is a fascinating gambit to me. And as a, pers- a person who loves player development, uh, it's, it's setting up to be one of the most interesting seasons I've followed for a while. Yeah. Uh, I want to ask you about a, a, just a couple of the guys. Uh, Louis Matos, we know when he when he left last fall, they wanted him to get um, stronger, you know, more physical. Uh, it looks like he put on some pretty good guns this year. How does he look? Uh, how does he look in person? He looks good physically. I, I think that was really necessary for him. Um, he put on about 13, 14 pounds in the offseason. So, but you know, he had that like to, to add, it wasn't like this. Yeah. Sometimes you see guys and you're like, they got too big, but he, he definitely could have added that. I, I haven't seen, just didn't see enough early on to know how it'll translate. Um, yeah. But I, I've always been a fan of his just because of the hit tool. Like I, I really think it's going to play at the big league level. And I think what we saw last year is that there are some other limitations that make him, you know, he's probably going to, he's going to end up in a corner because of Lee, but he probably was going to end up in a corner anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, not as much foot speed as you would expect from a guy who's played a lot of center field and the power just wasn't there in the big leagues. So it, if that's the case, you basically have to hit like 320 to, right. to make yourself a, you know, valuable. So I, I think for him, it's going to be pretty key that he taps into some of that added strength. He's, he's an interesting kid because he, I mean, you can watch him in BP and not see him hit a home run. He's, he almost has more game power than than yeah. raw power because he uses fastball velocity and and the bat speed basically for all his power um but the hit tool is is so legit that you just have to believe he's yeah. going to figure out a way to get to it the other guy i want to ask you about is elliot ramos who's now on on his last option year uh, obviously he's been making some some early waves and um you know bob melvin has told you guys he's he's looking at everybody with fresh eyes uh does it look to you like maybe there's a, a new spring in his step, uh, uh, a knowledge that he's getting a, a fresh look? I mean, speaking of guys who had a kid, he had one, I think, two months ago. So he's um, certainly, yeah, I, I think for him, you know, and, and for somebody like Joey as well, and Sean Jelly, some of these guys who were in the middle group there, of, it was pretty clear that the previous staff had made up their mind about some of these guys. And, like there are other ways to get Brandon Crawford on the roster for the final game than optioning Ramos right. again. There, you know, they could have had Joey get some more time last year, especially when the season went the way it did. So there were other ways to do what they did, and they just pretty clearly made up their mind about some of these guys. And they might be right, but but I, I think <clears throat> Melvin has come in, and and he's and his coaches have come in, and they've gone well. We're not, we haven't given up on Joey. We haven't given up on Ramos. We've, Melvin in particular is like, I've seen Jelly from the other side. I, I know the good that he has in him. So, um, yeah, I, I think it's a breath of fresh air for those guys. And unfortunately for Joey, he's out of options. But Elliot does have a little bit more leeway. And like, there's still not a ton in the outfield when you start looking around and like, Yaz is a little bit banged up. Mm-hmm. And, you know, 
sneaky. It's been around for a while now. Um, Slater's coming off elbow surgery. Uh, you know, so there, there's just like, there's going to be opportunities there at some point. And I'm curious to see kind of what the pecking order is there because like Wade Meckward jumped past Ramos at some point right. last year. So it's, is that still the case or does this new staff feel differently about how to, how to line those guys up? Yeah. And some of that goes into, you know, what Farhan talked to you guys about at the end of the year of maybe having more dynamic conversations between the front office and the, and the staff than uh, we've yeah. seen in the past. Um, you know, the thing about the big leagues is you see guys who've been given up on all over the place you know, who have success somewhere else. And, you know, like they, they say they're playing for all 30 teams. So Joey Bart's playing for and 30 I, teams I right think now. One thing with Elliot and with somebody like Matos is they're still really young. So mm-hmm. like you, you don't want to be the organization that gives up on a 23 year old um and see some flourish elsewhere so I, I think that probably plays into it yeah and as you say i mean the the outfield's set but the outfield uh is collectively got a lot of il stints in its yes. background so we're yeah. gonna see these guys this year uh and and some of the giants uh fate will lie on them do you i mean obviously well you've pounded the table for for kyle and um i think you and i are both pretty big keaton win fans do you have other guys that you have your eye on like this guy's going to come up and he's going to, he's going to surprise people some sometime before the end of the year. Yeah. It was interesting talking to Wisenhunt because I met him last year in double a and obviously he had the elbow scare and you know, he was a week away from going to triple a. Yeah. He, if he had stayed healthy, he was going to triple a and there was an outside chance. He was going to, I think ultimately probably they would have looked at the 40 man and said, let's not do this, but there was like a chance he was going to be in the big leagues by the end of last year. So he's somebody I, I, I'm keeping an eye on. And just Melvin said the other day, like he's one of those guys who can come up right now and pitch with two pitches and he has the fastball and the changeup, which he can do so many different things with. Uh, it's just such an equalizer, I think. And so that's a guy I, I was excited to see last year in, you know, again, is like one of those guys that I, I think he's like kind of a, Back end top one hundred guy now, but yeah, um, probably not a- enough attention paid to him. And I, I think if he does end up here in like May or something, it's probably a bigger deal than we'll make of it at the time. Because given what he's done the last year, and given the stuff he has, and kind of the size, he really should be somebody who who settles into the rotation for for years to come. And I'm curious to see if that can happen quickly for him. And and you know, so far so good. I mean, he says he's healthy and feels good, so. I'm going to be really interested when he when he gets on the mound to see what he's using for a breaking ball this year because I know I talked with some people in the organization yeah. at the end of last year that said maybe something with lateral movement, a slider cutter, something in that in that vein is going to be better for him than trying to to use the the curveball. So I'm interested to see where that third pitch is going right now for him. Looking around trying to find my notebook because I just talked to him the other day about this. I think he is working on a cutter to try to yeah. just add one more you know, just a different look. Um, so I, I think that's a focus for him this spring. Yeah. I, I think that would be a really nice addition to, to the package and help the fastball play up. Um, yeah. I, I, I mean, he's the second best pitching prospect in, in this organization with a lot of depth behind him and, and it would be great to get to the end of the year and have say Webb and Harrison and, and Woods and Tunt all established as guys. You can build a, yeah. you can start building around. 
Well, Alex, uh, I appreciate uh, your time. I appreciate your son's time. He's been a very good guest. Stay asleep. <laughs> um, well, I don't know when you're when you're heading back down to camp, um, but uh, we are certainly excited about all the reports you've had and the podcast interviews you've had out lately. Yeah, I'll be back there next week. Need to be a need to be a dad for a few days, but uh, we'll get back to it. Being a dad sounds like a great time. Um, have a wonderful time being a dad yeah. and enjoy your trip back to Scottsdale. I, I hope to see you there uh, in a few weeks. Thank you. Just in time. <laughs> Just in time to oh, wake up. Just uh, the end. Thanks, everybody, for listening. We'll be back again next week uh, with uh, another There Are Giants podcast and uh, more prospect talk. And uh, we'll see you then. Let's go.